What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in to the Athletic Lab Audio Inventory. What's up, guys? We're back again with a Q&A, this time with Drake and Greg uh, and myself. This week's topic is going to be on CrossFit. We're going to kind of address how we do that here at Athletic Lab. Um, some of the pros and cons of CrossFit, how it's implemented from the competitive level as well as to general population. So I'll kick things off by uh, telling you a little bit about how we do things here and our, our fundamental or underlying philosophy of fitness. Um, I started Athletic Lab a little over eight years ago and when I did that I wanted to uh, not just cater to elite sports performance, but also the masses. And I saw a need for general fitness. And I created a program that we called Performance Fitness. And that, uh, it was a program where we essentially took general population individuals and to some extent trained them like athletes. We exposed them to things that were previously really just in the domain of athletic populations like sprinting and jumping and lifting heavy weights and maybe even Olympic lifting. And we had people that would come in and they would say, oh, are you guys a CrossFit? Or you should be a CrossFit. Or, uh, oh, look at all these kettlebells. You're a CrossFit, right? And I would inevitably say, no, we're not a CrossFit. I don't have anything wrong with it, but we're not a CrossFit. We do things Sometimes we will do elements of CrossFit, but we weren't a CrossFit per se. We weren't a CrossFit affiliate. Well, fast forward about a year, year and a half, and I did become a CrossFit affiliate, getting my CrossFit Level 1 certification. This is something that I think a lot of my colleagues and friends and uh, maybe people that don't know me real well might be surprised at finding out that I'm not a CrossFit hater. I don't hate CrossFit, um, that I have my CrossFit Level 1 certification, uh, even as a sports performance coach and someone that works with professionals and high-level athletes <clears throat> that uh, I don't think CrossFit is the devil, the, the devil that many people make it out to be. So again, I'm not anti-CrossFit. What I am though is anti-stupidity. Uh, I think that stupidity in any form is uh, doesn't have a place at Athletic Lab. And stupidity is not the sole domain of CrossFit. It does rear its head in CrossFit programming, and part of that is sometimes the way it's set up and the nature of the sport or the nature of how the workouts are designed, but it's by no means exclusive to CrossFit. Uh, a lot of people also make the mistake, I think, of looking at CrossFit and going, well, this is uh, really dumb for training athletes to use CrossFit. And I would say that's by and large very true. Uh, and we make a very important distinction when we talk about CrossFit for athletes and CrossFit for general population. Uh, we run a program that is no different than what we started with. We call our what was performance fitness CrossFit, which is essentially strength and conditioning done well with a strength component, a power component, and maybe uh, body weight strength and metabolic conditioning intermixed in there. Uh, generally, in our CrossFit programming, we avoid a lot of the things that CrossFit gets a bad rap for. High rep Olympic lifts, high rep deadlifts, kettlebell swings overhead, excessive kipping pull-ups. Uh, you know the deal. We kind of avoid that here, especially in our general population groups. 
Um, so that's one thing. So our CrossFit, uh, as we call it, uh, from many people's perspective, might just be strength and conditioning. Uh, we, we will finish with some Metcons uh, and sometimes make them competitive, uh, but we don't do a lot of the CrossFit wads with our Gen Pop groups because I think the programming is not in line with our basic philosophy. Some of the exercise selection is not in line with our overarching philosophy. Now that said, the argument that CrossFit is a really dumb thing or bad or it should never be done is really a stupid argument to me because when I look at CrossFit, I see there's more good than bad for your general population. Uh, I think people make this misguided, uh, take this misguided view of thinking that CrossFit is the competitor of uh, planned, progressive, elite sport performance training, and the reality is that it's not. CrossFit is competing with Zumba and step aerobics and spinning and the Joe Blow that spends an hour doing wrist curls and neck extensions at the gym and thinking that's going to get him fit. When that's the competitor that, that you're up against, I think CrossFit blows them all out of the water for, for overall fitness, for results, you name it. The thing is, it has to be done intelligently. And uh, there's no, no reason why CrossFit, or what people have come to know as CrossFit, can't be done intelligently. I think people have effectively been doing CrossFit in the sports that I come from for 100 years, you know, in, in wrestling and track and field and swimming and weightlifting, things like metabolic conditioning and Olympic lifts and complexes and strength and conditioning, those are all the norm. Body weight, strength workouts, those are all the norm in those sports. But now we've kind of combined it and maybe added a competitive element to it and turned it into something called CrossFit. Uh, and that leads me to the, the last point I kind of want to make on this is that it's really critical in terms of how we do things here at Athletic Lab. We tease out what we call CrossFit for the masses and then CrossFit for competitors. So we look at CrossFit as a sport, as an altogether different thing as CrossFit for Gen Pop. CrossFit for Gen Pop in our eyes is really just strength and conditioning done well. We, our order of exercises, our exercise selection, our loading, our scaling, that would all fit the norms of what you'd see in any pro or collegiate gym anywhere in the world. I'd, in fact, I'd say maybe exceed the standards of most of them. When we do it for people who choose to compete in the sport of CrossFit, they want to go to local, regional competitions, that kind of thing, it's an altogether different ballgame. Um, people look at the CrossFit Games and go, oh, that's dumb. They've got to do Murph with a weighted vest, or they've got to swim 5K, or they've got to do these insane amounts of kipping pull-ups or high rep Olympic lifts. You know what? It, it's dangerous. No doubt about it. It's dangerous. But you know what else is dangerous? Throwing a 100-mile-per-hour fastball is dangerous. Running headfirst into a 400-pound man who's trying to take your head off. Getting punched in the face by a guy that wants to kill you. All of those things are dangerous, but we're okay with them because they're established sports. Uh, sport, by its very nature, is inherently dangerous. You know, So you're going to pull your hamstring sprinting all out. You are going to get a black eye if you want to compete in MMA or boxing. You're going to tear your labrum if you want to be a baseball pitcher. You're going to get an ACL tear if you compete in volleyball or soccer. 
you name it, every sport has its potential fail points. Uh, CrossFit is no different. So if you choose to participate in CrossFit as a sport, the assumption is that you're assuming those risks that are inherent with the sport. So the people that come here and they say, hey, I want to compete in CrossFit as a sport, uh, we will tease them out of our regular classes. Uh, we won't let them go. Uh, they, don't, they don't do the same things necessarily. Or, and we don't likewise take our gen pop people who are just want to get fit and look better naked, maybe be the strongest guy in the office, and put them into our, our competitive CrossFit teams, which Drake coaches. Those guys that are going to do the competitive CrossFit, which Drake will talk about in a little bit, they're going to do the things that maybe are a little bit uh, more shifted towards risk rather than reward, fitness reward. But that's okay because they're participating in that as a sport. They're assuming that risk uh, and we're going to try to mitigate that as much as we can through appropriate programming and coaching and loading and progression. But those people, they're totally teased out. The people that are going to do it as gen pop, you know what? They're going to do our version of CrossFit, which I think bears a lot of resemblance to what a lot of people are doing now. And that's athletic movements done at high intensity. Uh, it's going to be coached very well. We're not going to allow much leeway in terms of the technique. We're not going to let people overload too aggressively and get injured. Uh, so we're really going to try to balance it out. As I say, it's very similar to what you might see in a normal strength and conditioning program. Olympic lift or a power development first, then strength development, then a Metcot. And Greg's going to talk about how we, how we program here. Um, so we're, we're teasing these two things out. We're recognizing that for our gen pop, that we're really just trying to keep the risk as minimal as possible and keep the reward as high as possible. And that's going to be reflected in terms of our exercise selection and so forth. So uh, that's our basic philosophy of how we do things here. Uh, we don't see things at odds by being a high level elite sport performance center and doing what might be called CrossFit because we do it right. We do it intelligently. And as I said before, CrossFit, stupidity is not the sole domain of CrossFit. Yes, it does uh, rear its head in the sport of CrossFit, but stupidity is also, uh, you know, seen in every other sport on the planet. But for some reason, they, they oftentimes get a... Uh, get a little bit of leeway because there are these established sports or maybe the, the likelihood for injury is assumed to not be as high, but I don't even think those assumptions are correct. So that's how we do things here. Uh, that's how we kind of reconcile this exterior view that CrossFit is the devil versus how we do intelligent, uh, expertly administered programming, and we don't see it as being at odds. So uh, I'll leave off there. Maybe if Drake, you want to speak about how you handle our competitive team and as someone that's kind of coached uh, our, both our gen, gen pop group as well as our competitive group, um, how you handle those two things, how you address the programming, and uh, maybe give a little background about yourself because I think all of our coaches here are more experienced and more educated in a lot of places for CrossFit uh, locations and that kind of shows through I think in how we design our programming. 
Yeah, for sure. All right, so um, I coach my I coach um, General Pot, like Mike said, and the competition team. Um, I started out not knowing what CrossFit was at all. I came here as an intern looking to train athletes strictly. I wanted to be strength conditioning, had no idea what CrossFit was. Um, it was still new. Um, I came here in 2012, so CrossFit wasn't really, um, it's starting to get main, get that ground and get main, mainstream, but I had no idea. I it was an intern my first day, uh, Mike, and asked me to jump into a class, and I said, all right, I'll jump into a class, and I proceeded to make it about 30 minutes into it, and um, he kicked my butt, and I was sick after the, the class, and uh, that was my first uh, awakening to CrossFit, or strength or, or performance fitness, which was really high intensity exercise that I'd really never done before. I'd done the back and buys, the normal splits at your local rec center at our, in our college. And uh, that kind of kicked my butt and I was like, wow, maybe I wasn't training. Maybe I was just kind of working out. And um, so that kind of opened my eyes to a new type of training, which really at one point it was, it hurt, but at the same time I wanted to continue to do it because I knew that pushing myself would be better. Um, that led me to wanting to do more of it. The more I did, I got more fit and I wanted to compete. Um, that's whenever I started to notice the difference in the two, CrossFit as a strength conditioning program for general population people to be get off the couch and get healthy compared to the competitive nature of it. Um, I did a competition for the first time, um, I wanna say 2013, and it opened my eyes to the type of movements that needed to be done and how high intensity really, how training really was done, um, and the difference in the two. Um, I really didn't know much about CrossFit until that point where I really dove back into it and said, you know what, um, if somebody needs to be at a competitive level, they need to be able to do certain things differently than our general pop. Not saying that the general pop is not gonna get you fit, it's just different movements, it's a different avenue. If you wanna run a 100 meter dash at Usain Bolt's level, you have to train differently than just saying, I'm gonna do sprints to lose weight. You just The training program is different in that um, aspect. So I started to gear it as we were at Lethal Lab, we started talking to more people wanting to compete. And so I started to develop a program with other coaches um, to our competitive program, uh, differentiate the two between the general pop and the competitive. The main difference that I had that I saw were some of the movements that you might see that people really, almost, the people that have never done CrossFit kind of relate to CrossFit because they see the games, which is the, the ultimate competition that you might see on ESPN and CBS. Uh, sports is the ultimate CrossFit competition and people see, like Mike said, the Murph with the vest and people doing all these 100 kipping pull-ups and things like that. Um, these are the kind of things you may see in our competitive, in my competitive program because me being an athlete that competed once and didn't train for it, realize that the nature of the sport you need to be prepared for. And if our athletes are gonna be, athletes that I coach or any of our coaches coach are gonna be, tell that they're themselves are gonna be put into that avenue they're gonna put themselves at risk for injury. I wanna make sure they're as prepared as possible because like Mike said, the injury rate itself is like any other sport, probably not that much prevalent, it just gets a bad rap. But I will say this, if you're not prepared, you have a higher risk for injury. So if you decide to jump into a competition, which most will, um, that I see, and I'm not programming kipping pull-ups, the first time they go and ask themselves to do 50 kipping pull-ups, they have a rotator cuff tear, and now CrossFit's the reason they have a torn shoulder. Personally, it's probably the fact that they weren't prepared and they had to, and you had somebody that wasn't ready for that jump into a competition. So me, I take our general pop that wants to compete and we try to prepare them for that avenue so they don't get hurt. Um, like, like Mike said, we're gonna do things like kipping pull-ups. We're gonna do things like handstand push-ups at high intensities. We're gonna do Olympic lifts, 
for time. Um, if you ask me, is that the best way to get healthy? I'm going to say no. Is it the best way to be prepared to compete in CrossFit? I'm going to say yes. Uh, there's two different things. I think that's where the bad and CrossFit kind of comes about. People are like, that's dumb. You're going to, you're going to get hurt. And I agree there's a chance of getting hurt. But I think people don't understand the, core, the difference in how our performance fitness is. Being that guy that's just really strong and really fit and can play with our kids. They're now able to do bodyweight squats and run a 5K for their local community that they want to do compared to some of our athletes that want to go out and do 100 handstand pushes for time, upside down, putting themselves at risk is way different. Um, and there's, there's two different things. CrossFit as a sport is inherently more dangerous because it is a sport. Um, sports are more dangerous than a strength conditioning program done at high intensities for health benefits. Uh, so I try to mimic, I try to mimic what you're going to see in competitions more so. It might be dangerous for our people, but at the same time, I, me as a coach, that's where I come into play and have to be, I try to take my strength conditioning background, my other certification background, track and field, other avenues, except mix it to the CrossFit and say, you know what, this is what we need to do for CrossFit, but as for a human being healthy, I know these things are the standard and we need to make sure these are met, and then at that time sprinkle a little bit of high intensity here that maybe inherently is probably not the safest, but it's as safe as I can get it so they're prepared for that moment when they do jump into competition. Um, it's, they, like Mike said, they sign up for that. They ask me they want to compete. Um, they're not looking to be, they're looking to be healthy, of course, but they're also looking to compete in the sport, so I need to program and prepare there. Um, as far as programming goes, um, I know a lot of, a big thing is like there's no programming um, or there's no plan to the, the madness type thing. A lot of, that's one of the big things is the, the randomness of the program. Um, it might be more random than our general pop, but I will say for the competitive side, it's more of a cycle, like a strength and conditioning type program. I'm not gonna be as strict as a four-year Olympian that's looking to compete in track and field in four years, so they need everything kind of geared towards that. Um, these people still have lives outside of CrossFit, and, but they also want to compete, so then I look at it as a, a week and maybe four-week cycles um, to train, with the end goal being either maybe a local competition or um, the Open, which is the, the online competition. If you've ever been in CrossFit, you kind of know about it. Is kind of like our Super Bowl. That's kind of like our five-week. That's kind of like our Olympics if you're a local CrossFit athlete. So for that being said, I know exactly when my athletes need to peak so I can kind of gear their program year-round year that. So it's a little different in the fact of our general pop may be Little, little bit, there's still a plan to the madness, but maybe you don't have a end goal. You don't have that, your end goal is life. Like you wanna be as healthy as you can for life. Our end goal is February when the open starts, I want them to be as fit as they possibly can. So my, my cycle looks a little different. So um, there's that difference as well. Um, but for the general pop, I'm looking, if I take away from the uh, competitive side and go back to the general pop, what I'm looking for in CrossFit, or as we call our performance fitness, is what's the best exercise for the most bang for their buck that's gonna be the healthiest. Um, that's our biggest thing, and that's uh, like me, Greg, Mike, Brian, John, any coach, Riley, all of our coaches that have been here, been through the internships and everything, that's what we're looking for. We're strength conditioning coaches that implement forms of CrossFit. 
Um, we look at how what's our best. If they're a soccer mom that wants to be healthy, are we going to maybe have them max snatch because that's what they need to do? Or that's what the board says? No, maybe they have inherent shoulder issues. So then we can modify and optimize. I say more so optimization. It's a modification, but it's optimization for their training. Um, we're looking for people to walk out of here and say, you know what, they kicked my butt, but I know I'm walking out of here healthier. I, I don't care about... Um, looking on the CrossFit game site and me being able to do 50 handstand push-ups, that's not what their goal is. And that's, as us coaches, we don't need to force things on people like that, and that can be inherently bad and put people in bad positions. What we're looking for is, what's the best-case scenario? If they're shoulder strength, well, let's not put them a handstand push-up. Maybe we add dumbbells. Maybe we do barbell presses. Um, any way to be safe and walk away with a stronger human is what we're looking for, not a better CrossFit Games athlete. That's whenever I take that select few that want to do it and I put them through the ringer and I say, hey, can you handle these type of things? That's what you're signing up for. You're going to do things that maybe are not inherently as safe on this side as the performance fitness side that you're going to do over here on the competitive side because that's what we have to do. We have to ride that line of intensity and unsafe to maximize the the gains that we're going to get, but not to the point where you have some Joe Blow just throwing around a snatch overhead because he just saw Rich Froning do it, who's been training for years and years and years and is a super strong athlete. Um, you're not going to see other people come in and just try to max effort sprint for the first time on our track in there, um, and we're not going to make them do that because most likely because they saw Usain Bolt run a 100-meter dash, they're like, you know what, I want to be the fastest man in the world. If we as coaches just have people do that, it's going to be inherently bad and unsafe. So I think um, we just need to be prepared to handle people the right way and put general pop if they want to come to my side of the competitive side. I push the limits of safe because I kind of have to because that's the nature of the sport. Um, the nature of the sport is inherently push people to their limits. And that's uh, what I have to kind of play around with. Um, I'll let Greg kind of touch on the general side and why we program and how he programs uh, for the general pop, um, being so different, or not so different, but being the differences and what he's looking for in to make a healthy athlete, CrossFit, strength, conditioning, however it may be, but just the difference in my competitive side, which is inherently not as safe as what he may program for a general day athlete, just because the, the, the demands of that athlete are way different than what I see. Um, Greg, if you want to touch on how the performance fitness kind of looks and how maybe a training session looks like for us and maybe why it's different than maybe the, the bad CrossFit or I'd say the bad quotation CrossFit there that you might hear about. Yeah, sure. I can give at least some insight on how I think about it. Um, kind of as a first thing, similar to Drake, when I came in here, I didn't wasn't exposed to CrossFit at all and uh, had the same kind of bad uh, image of it and uh, quickly learned that it can be done intelligently in a, in a um, you know, smart way, thought out way. And so kind of off that line, I came in with strength conditioning background and wanted to do, pursue the same uh, thing going forward. Um, but what actually helps me is the fact that I look at our performance fitness classes and our programming um, sort of as um, these are, it is strength conditioning and these are some level of athletes. So while they're not looking to compete in necessarily CrossFit competition. Um, each class for a lot of our members is a competition. So uh, many of them are very competitive by nature. Some of them do uh, Spartan races or 5K, 10K, um, ultra marathons, you know, kind of all across the board. They do a lot of them competitions outside of here, uh, even if it's not specifically CrossFit that they want to be uh, fit for. 
but because of that, they, they are quite competitive. So each day is somewhat of a, a competition for them and they have almost competitive within themselves to continue getting stronger, um, learn a new skill, get more fit, do better, uh, have a better time on this certain uh, CrossFit um, you know, workout. So because they all have competitive nature, typically, and because uh, they each have goals, whether it's um, personal or otherwise, uh, I look at it as we're training some level of athlete, and the way we've set it up is day-by-day um, -day programming best practices. So because we don't know when people come in, um, it has to be, it can't be um, periodized necessarily, but we, we plan for best practices of the day, which often includes some type of power development, whether it's Olympic lifting, as commonly in there, um, typically by itself, so it's not, um, not often for time or for high reps, it's for power development and for the purposes that they, the, the lifts were uh, initially meant for. Um, some type of strength development, so big exercises, squat, deadlift, front squat, presses, uh, etc. cetera. Um, oftentimes paired up with a couple others, more accessory movements. Uh, really just depends on the day, but we stay well-rounded through our strength exercises, uh, making sure we get front side, back side, push, pull, lunge, you know, everything there is. Uh, the nature of CrossFit in general really is um, being prepared for variety and being prepared for anything, being able to handle anything, um, even if it's not at a competitive level. So uh, we make sure that there is variety in a sensible way. Um, and then of course we always have uh, nine times out of 10, some type of metabolic conditioning, uh, which is um, again, one of those things that uh, gets known as CrossFit, but um, you know, with our soccer athletes, we do metabolic conditioning circuits. Maybe they don't look exactly the same. Maybe it's simpler movements, um, but we do things on interval for general strength. So it's, you know, it's a different athlete, but it's the same methods a lot of times. Um, so uh, the way you set it up looks more like traditionally uh, CrossFit, but um, you know, kind of going off what Drake was saying, the movements might not be the same. So uh, instead of a um, ring, ring muscle up, uh, you know, it's whatever else, just a pull up or something like that. So, you know, it just depends on what it is. But um, the other thing that goes into it is understanding that um, no matter who comes in the door, everything we put on the program is scalable or modifiable. So the biggest question we have when people come in with no CrossFit experience um, is, you know, can I handle this? And our, you know, the first thing I say is everything that we do we can modify if you can't do it, or we can scale it if you can't do it to the extent that it's written as. So whether that's weight or actual full movement, if it's a snatch, maybe we do a snatch pull. If it's a clean and jerk, maybe we just do a clean or you know whatever it is. Um, or if it's a pull up, you know some people are too far from a pull up to even modify that. So we go uh, ring row or something like that. So we still get we still get some type of um, high quality strength or power exercise to replace anything that someone can't do. Uh, so that's the biggest thing I, I kind of see as a, the difference between the performance fitness side and maybe the competitive side where if you can't do it, you can still, there's still scaling options, but that's something that you're more hard pressed to work toward because you're gonna need to be able to do that. Um, and a lot of our members that come in that have less experience uh, don't necessarily need to do a muscle up or, or a snatch or you know, whatever else. So they want to get 
ultimately fit, somewhat be competitive, and um, leave after an hour, like Drake said, feeling like they got a good workout and that they didn't make themselves worse by any means. So um, over the course of time, really when it comes to performance, like I said, treating them like athletes, um, I, I, you know, we put in benchmarks, so whether it's squat max or a certain workout that's, um, that we keep record of, uh, these are the ways that we keep performance, just the same as we do on the um, athlete performance side with our testing every, every so many weeks, whether it's a jump or a sprint. We do the same idea on the CrossFit side with you know, our strength movements um, and some conditioning movements as well. Uh, and and some, uh, at some level, we always have people kind of pushing for, pushing for more and uh, can be, it can be challenging sometimes to meet the needs of everybody. But um, even uh, just the same as we can modify back for people who can't handle something, we can always modify forward uh, for people who could do more, uh, can handle more, because they're very consistent, they're very strong, they're very fit, and uh, they have uh, the ability and the motivation to do so. Um, so definitely ways to accommodate for everybody, but in general, we look at best practices for the day, make sure that one session by itself looks, um, looks appropriate for anybody that would walk in the door because we get that all the time. And uh, over the course of a week, making sure that things look um, appropriate day to day so that uh, for our members that are consistent, um, they're not getting overloaded here and there uh, with repetition or you know, too much intensity. So there is some up and down thought to it while still staying basically day-to-day -day best practices. I think it's a good point that you said um, about people walking through the door. Um, usually what people see, unless you've been in a CrossFit gym before, is they see the CrossFit games. And so immediately it kind of puts them off before they, even the people that won't come through our door because they're like, I saw, I saw that. There's no way I can do that ring muscle. That, that must be CrossFit. Um, but they don't see, which I wish there would be more videos of, of, of us teaching a bodyweight squat, properly hip hinging. Um, people coming in our doors are learning how to deadlift properly because they've been picking up their groceries with rounded spines and they don't realize it because they've never had an injury yet, which um, they see the highest level athletes that train six hours a day and they don't see the soccer moms and Joe Blows walking to the door being like, I've had ankle pain and we, we somehow realize this, we watch them move and now they don't have the pains, they don't have the type of thing so that we can modify and scale appropriately and that it's not just this competitive aspect where you have to be a high level athlete just to start it. You should, be, it doesn't matter where you are, we can make anything work. Uh, if you have never squatted before, we have plenty of ways of making it work. Um, so that's a good point. Um, Mike, I want to touch on, ask you since you've had more experience, you talk about your colleagues and some other friends since you've been in the strength and conditioning and track world and before CrossFit even was a, a thing, um, you said sometimes it, it might be, some of your friends might say like, whoa, Mike Young's not a CrossFit hater, what's, what's this? Um, can you touch on maybe why that may be and uh, maybe the strength and conditioning aspect where I think it's becoming kind of close, getting closer the bridge between the two, but I think uh, my personal thing is CrossFit as a sport is now using the weight room as a sport and I think that sometimes looked is looked upon negatively because um, in our field of strength and conditioning coaches, we're using that to strengthen athletes for sports and sports performance. So it needs to be done properly in a different way. 
because our sport is football, soccer, and we use the weight room to enhance the sport, not to hurt the athlete. And I think CrossFit being the sport is the weight room. It's a little different. It's a little, it's interesting because we move the weight as fast as we can, not for performance, but it is performance, but we also have to move the weight for time. So we're lifting weight. So it's, it's kind of that weird avenue. And you said you have experience longer with before CrossFit was even aspect and maybe using these things in your track and field background. Why do you think maybe do you think it's getting closer to being less looked down upon? And do you think it's yeah? So I think you are seeing a lot of coaches or people recognize that uh, one at the elite level, whether you think CrossFit is dumb or not, I think it's undeniable that it's incredibly impressive when you get guys that can uh, do you know run reasonably well, do fifty muscle ups, and do snatches that you know one and a half, two times body weight, that kind of stuff. That's crazy stuff. You got you got athletes that are legitimate athletes in other sports, you know, and specifically weightlifting. You get a lot of the top guys and girls now are full-blown international level competitors, especially if they were to specialize. So I think that alone is kind of making people recognize that, you know, I th these guys are impressive. And that alone, something's going on here. Now, uh, a couple things with what you, regards to what you said here, Drake. One is, um, as I alluded to in the beginning, I think we tease out sport performance for other sports and then CrossFit for Gen Pop versus CrossFit as a sport. Uh, a lot of people will think that because I'm not a CrossFit hater, that means I would do CrossFit for my soccer athletes or my track athletes, and that's not the case. They do something altogether different. Um, you know, and one of the knocks against CrossFit is what both of you guys have kind of alluded to is that there's this constant variance in there. And people think that it's just like throwing shit at a wall sometimes and going, oh, it's, I can't make any sense to that. And I think that um, the, the best coaches now, it's a really high level programming for CrossFit. Uh, and even in our gen pop classes, I know when we've had a rotation of a couple coaches programming, it's, there is a thought and a method to it that uh, is not the same as what you would see in say track and field or a team sport, but there's still a lot of moving pieces, maybe more moving pieces that you have to deal with. Um, so do I use CrossFit for sport performance? No, but uh, I also don't think it's bad. I think it's great for gen pop. Uh, one of the things that I think both of you guys also kind of hinted at was uh, gets people insanely fit and there's a little bit of research on this and clearly we've got a lot of anecdotal evidence on this it's putting health clubs out of business and, and this is where I think that people make their biggest mistake when they frown upon what has kind of become known as CrossFit they say oh it's dumb people get injured blah 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 well one I think we're living in a society where about 30 plus percent of the adult population is obese and that number is only going up. So what we're dealing with here is the real problem is not people doing activity, the problem is people not doing activity or not eating well. So CrossFit is not on the side, is CrossFit is on the, on the side that uh, we wanna be on. You know, the details are, are nuances, so to speak. When we de delve into those nuances, I think e even then CrossFit has some things that uh, can shine it in a good light. One is that it brings intensity to the table when other activities have not. So 
intensity is really critical for gen pop. And this is where typical fitness programs have failed for the past 50 years. Go into the gym, you get on your Cybex machine and you do 10 curls and a couple leg extensions until you feel a little discomfort, and then you're done. Or maybe you spend all your time on the ab machine. You go in the gym, you do an hour on the ab machine, you walk out feeling like you did a workout and you wonder why you're uh, two kilos fatter the next day and you're, uh, you know, you, your fitness is continually on the decline. It's because there's really no intensity there. Intensity used to just be in the domain of athletic populations and CrossFit has brought intensity to the masses. If you've got a gen pop person who can only train for four hours a week, three hours a week, you've got to go to intensity. Now, it obviously has to be planned and intelligently administered. It can't be overboard, but if you're only going to train for two hours a week and you're expecting to lose a massive amount of weight or get reasonably fit or drop your body composition, obviously that has to come in cohort with uh, nutritional intervention, but intensity is going to be where you get the most bang for your buck. There's a reason why you know, um, the, the research on kind of high intensity interval training shows that you can do a fraction of the time investment as say slow, long, steady state aerobic work like a marathon or versus a Tabata routine and get very comparable results in terms of gen pop and a lot of your health metrics. Not all of them, but a lot of your health metrics. You know, and, and to address a couple of the other things, I think, again, I think it's just stupid when you get people bashing CrossFit for health and wellness. It does have its stupid elements, just like anything else does. But really, to me, when I look at it from the 10,000 foot view, I step back and I say, is CrossFit dumb? I'm not comparing it to necessarily sports performance because that's not the battle we're trying to fight. I'm not trying to compare it to a four-year quadrennial plan for an Olympic track and field athlete or a weightlifter or a swimmer. I'm comparing it to what the people that are 95 plus percent of the people that are doing CrossFit are doing, are doing it to get healthier, lose a little bit of weight, whatever. And those are the same people that are going to do cycling and spinning and Zumba. And in those cases, you know what? There's no periodization there either. They're just doing the same crap every single day. It doesn't matter. Nobody knocks those activities because they don't lack, because they lack periodization or planning or progression. And in fact, those are the reasons why they don't work. And there's no intensity in those programs after the initial, you know, um, initial bout of exercise. The intensity just stays stagnant. There's no intensity. There's no accountability. So CrossFit has brought a lot of cool things to the to the fitness table: intensity, community, accountability, awareness of the importance of nutrition. Uh, exercise selection. People were not squatting or Olympic weightlifting or pressing. People were not doing hard metabolic conditioning. Um, so those are all cool things that I think CrossFit has kind of brought to the masses. It, it has, you know, brought some things that I think have need to be dialed back or maybe weren't done real well. But I don't think we can fault it for those things because without CrossFit, those things would still be missing in terms of our overall plan. When people go, oh, CrossFit is dumb and they're a health and wellness practitioner, to me that's like the Army fighting the Air Force and the Navy. We're all on the same team. Yeah. We're trying to get people healthy and fit and strong. I'm in the Army, I might not like the Air Force or the Navy, but we're not gonna fight each other. We're gonna say, hey, you should probably do it this way. Let's work together so that you understand that this is a better way. Um, so I think that's really where things go wrong. If you go, oh, don't do CrossFit. Well, then what do I do? 
Uh, should I go back to just doing wrist curls all the time with a five pound dumbbell or doing step aerobics and getting no results or going out on a 30 minute walk? Nothing wrong with any of those things. Again, they're on the same team as well, but when we place CrossFit in the continuum of what's gonna get us results, especially if done with uh, good programming and expertly coached, for Gen Pop, you're gonna find a, uh, you're gonna be hard pressed to get a better programming, a better results uh, through, through many other programs. Um, so, yeah, I mean, um, in terms of sport performance, I, I, as I said, a lot of my colleagues would look at me and go, oh, CrossFit's so dumb. And the things that we don't do, high rep Olympic lifts with Gen Pop, kettlebell swings overhead, we don't, we don't uh, typically do high rep deadlifts or even really fail deadlifts, uh, deadlifts to failure. We don't do, um, don't place a premium on the skilled movements. Those are more reserved for our, our CrossFit competition team. So. We will teach people to do double unders and muscle ups if they can, but it's not like something that we force them to do just because that's CrossFit. Um, we focus on appropriate scaling, as Greg alluded to. You can always scale up or scale down. We load progressively. If anything, we're gonna pull people back when necessary. People tend to be very gung-ho and wanna push, uh, and that there's a good element to that, but we wanna make sure that it's done in the safest way possible. Um, so really, in, our, in, our, in my mind, in these walls, CrossFit is one of the hardest things to coach because we get a demographic in here where it might be uh, a variance of 40 years old from the youngest person to the oldest person in class. I remember one, one, year, one day we had an eight and a half month pregnant lady who was cleared to continue exercising and a 70 year old guy training in the same class, along with other, everybody in between, and it worked just fine. No one died, no one got hurt. Um, not everyone did the same exact thing. It was basically strength and conditioning. The coach had, was they placed an onus on the coach to manage this disparate group, to manage these different levels of uh, expertise, to scale up and scale down when appropriate. So I think, it really has the potential to make you a better coach, a better programmer, when you have to force to deal with all those things. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I was, but one thing you touched on was uh, intensity. I think that's the main. We try to make intensity seems to be the the factor. But the thing is with intensity that you also touched on with nutrition and other things. I think that CrossFit's kind of brought to the general pop that athletes have always focused on is a whole comprehensive lifestyle type program I think uh, when you're an athlete when you're at the highest level if you're just training and you go outside and the rest of your hours of the day are just eating crap and not sleeping well you're not doing other things body work I think you're not a great athlete. you're at some point you're gonna break down there there's outliers um, but you don't you don't look at them as the, the, the standard I think CrossFit and there's other things that kind of do it but I think CrossFit has kind of been really gung-ho about all overall comprehensive uh, intensity, which you can't be intense if you're not sleeping well, you're not eating well, and so I think outside of our gym, whenever we train these people, they actually ask us a lot better questions bef before they might have just been going to the gym, headphones in, not even worrying about after their 30-minute treadmill elliptical run. Um, now they ask us, hey, how do I get better at these things? Um, as a coach, that helps us because we want our athletes to be better, and then it also gets us outside of our comfort zone thinking like, all right, this person really cares about 
things out here, so we have to kind of help them and kind of in-home things, and they're not just with us an hour. Um, so we actually have to help them with sleeping protocols, like things that the research, and it helps us be better coaches so that we're well-educated because they're asking these type of questions because when they see other people in the CrossFit kind of pushing this and they're like, oh, well, I saw in the CrossFit Journal they're talking about eating healthy and macros and all these other things, I think it helps us because outside they're actually taking care of their body, trying to be intense inside the gym, understanding without this other stuff outside, they cannot be intense. So they kind of go hand in hand, which helps, um, which is actually pretty cool. And also the community aspect, we said the, we have the elderly working out with the pregnant lady, working out with the young high school kid that might be trying to do, that's not really athletic, but maybe he's trying to do CrossFit, could be a dad, they're all in the same thing. Their workouts might look sim similar, but they're different but they're all getting a great workout. So it's pretty cool that you can kind of put it all together. And if, to me, like you can't, you shouldn't be knocking anything like that if you're able to have a seven-year-old workout with an eight-month-old eight pregnant woman and uh, eight-month eight pregnant woman and it still get a great workout. That's, to me, that's, that's amazing, not, not knocking it for sure. But yeah, I think it's pretty cool. So guys, I, I think uh, this actually, we had a lot to talk about enough that uh, I think we should probably resume this discussion here next week or in the coming week. Um, there's, a, there's a lot to talk about regarding exercise selection, uh, maybe delve a little bit deeper into our programming, but I want to wrap this one up here. I think we've touched on some good points, talked about how we do things here, why we don't think it's uh, the, the devil that many people think it is, and um, thanks for watching, guys. Make sure you check out part two. Alright guys, that's it. Thanks for listening. If you like this, you can rate us, you can share this with your friends, and if you have a question, go to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Anchor, anywhere you can find us. Drop us a DM and we'll try to answer it when we can.